Welcome to the Advisor Talk podcast channel. This is Nick Stewart, CEO and Authorised Financial Advisor at Stewart Group. If you're new to the show, Stewart Group is a CFAX certified financial planning and advisory firm serving clients throughout New Zealand with offices in Hawke's Bay and Wellington. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge. You're tuned to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is the program called Candy View, where we talk all about your finances. It's our pleasure, as always, to have in the hot seat, so to speak, opposite us. Uh, the host of Candy View, Nick Stewart from the Stewart Group, right here in Hastings. How are you going, Nick? Very well, thanks. Well, Great Hastings and Wellington as well. You're in Wellington, Yeah, too. we are. We have an office in Wellington. Too right. good is that? Uh, before we start on today's topics, which are many and varied, mm. including one about a hamster, <laughs> just, just remind our listeners what the, Candy, uh, what the Stewart Group is all about. Uh, we're um, all things financial planning and investment and risk management to um, the good people of Hawke's Bay. Yep. Yeah, so we um, we look after, yeah, many people and um, institutions and trusts and charities. So we, um, yeah, help them out with their investments and make sure that the goals and objectives are aligned and that um, basically the financial house is in order and then we keep it that way. And you're uh, big time in KiwiSaver, and I can uh, vouch for you personally because you've helped me out with KiwiSaver, and anyone can come and see you. Yeah, anybody. Absolutely. Yep. We just like helping out good people and, you know, yeah, as I said, you know, getting their financial house in order and keeping it that way. Yeah. Now, all hail Mr. Gox. <laughs> Who is Mr. Gox and what's it got to do with finance? Well, yeah, it's um, a classic little story that came out. It's a um, there is a hamster in Germany whose name is Mr. Gox. <laughs> That's two X's, Gox. It's a bit of a nod actually to um, the world's one of the world's largest uh, crypto heists, which was Mount Gox, which was where a whole lot of people lost a lot of money uh, in cryptocurrency via the Mount Gox. Um, effective uh, custodial exchange it was about 460 million went missing in bitcoins in 2014 so as i understand it a german professor decided to set up a little experiment with this hamster who's called mr gox who runs gox capital and the uh, it's 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 kind of harking back to a very very famous book um, by an author, um, Burton McCall, and the hypothesis is that a blindfolded monkey throwing darts at a stock ticker list in a newspaper could do just as well as a human investment yes. professional. Now I know this is all tongue in cheek, and here <laughs> I am. I am an investment professional, but um, but I'm but I look I I I believe in the um, in the hypotheses that I don't know any more about what the markets will do tomorrow than the average Joe, mm-hmm. because even though I, it's implied that I am, inf- I am informed, I'm educated, I'm qualified, and I work in this, that I would know what the markets are going to do. Now, I could tell people that, and like the Pied Piper, they'll probably follow me. But in reality, my, say, stock picking ability over the long term, after costs and possibly capital gains taxes as well, that my ability is probably no better than the average man, mm. because the fact is, 
a little bit like flipping um, coins, heads or tails. You know, the old two up. Yeah. You know, good old diggers game from World War One, World War Two. Yes. Eventually, everyone uh, reverts back to uh, the average. Yeah. And many, many, many investment professionals, they uh, have an amazing run of luck for a period of time until they don't. Um, some people, that sh- that's longer than others. But it's a little bit like forecasting the weather can be in- notoriously difficult. In fact, it was only last week I, um, I took a couple of days off and um, took my son snow, uh, snow skiing. We haven't been up for a little while, so I took him up there. The forecast from the Met Service was um, snow, then sleet, full cloud, no visibility for the Monday and the Tuesday. And I was refreshing the app, you know, kind of like every three yeah. hours because the weather was blue sky, no cloud. <laughs> <laughs> Unlimited visibility and some fresh snow. So what I'm getting, at, I mean, this is this is a Met service. This yes, is and this indeed. is not a free app. I was actually using the paid version, yeah. a subscription, and they were out. So it's kind of like one of those things that you know, it's like picking the weather and um, yeah. forecasting currencies or stocks. Very difficult to do. So pretty much what the professor, the German professor, has done is done this little wee test with this hamster who has, Mr. Gox has this thing called the Gox box, which is like a um, it's a little wee wooden box where the hamster goes in and he has this little hamster wheel, which the professor's called the intention wheel, and there are two distinctive tunnels. One's labelled purchase, the other is labelled sell. And when he runs around the wheel and begins the transaction, um, the wheel's notion is linked to an automated revolving kind of Rolodex of yeah. 30 distinct cryptocurrencies. You know, thinking, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Dogecoin, you know, the usual stuff yeah. you read about and or hear about social media. And after the after Mr. Gox the hamster, little furry critter, exits the wheel, whatever tunnel he runs through subsequently initiates the buy or the sell, depending on where he left the wheel. And, you know, the Rolodex has chosen the cryptocurrency. Well, and this sounds nuts. But this little furry critter, four-legged friend, is beating the investment professionals <laughs> in the crypto game since when this little experiment started on um, June the 12th. The hamster is smashing it out of the park and is beating the professionals by close to 20%. Wow, that's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And But look, you know, it's one of those things, you know, like people, you know, people think there's a trend and this is a joke. You know, a hamster. Yeah. You know, it's, it's classic. It's a little bit like though. In the past, there were people that followed. You remember Paul the octopus? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it just happens to be another German. Um, maybe the Germans have a thing for this stuff. But anyway, look, there was an octopus called Paul who was picking the um, football or soccer, as we call it um, down under. Of course, um, was picking the soccer teams for the um, mm, for the World Cup yeah. and was incredibly successful. If I recall. <laughs> It's refreshing to hear you say that in one way, but it's also a bit of a worry that um, the hamsters are more reliable than the professionals. So, so when we come and see you, uh, it's—I'm not saying it's more good luck than good management, <laughs> but um, it would almost appear that's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, it's short term. It's very, very difficult to forecast things. Yeah. And that's what I said. Look, some people were will make a forecast and they'll get it right or they'll get it wrong. You've got the other people that predict a forecast forever. In other words the market is going to drop. Now, if I say that to you every time on this radio show, the market is overpriced and the market will be dropped, will drop, Ken, eventually you're going to say I'm a guru because yes. one day I will be proved correct. A little bit like, you know, a um, a clock is right, a broken clock is correct twice a day. I mean, that's 
it's nuts, and it's yeah. a little bit like um, forecasters. So, so look, the the hamster is just it's a classic little experiment, yeah. um, and it's been done before with um, you know the blindfolded monkey. Yeah. Yeah. Other hamsters are a bit like the gamblers. You only hear about the good stewards. You know, wow, I won a thousand dollars last night on the pokies. You don't hear about the ten other times you went to the bank and you lost. Well, the house always wins, of course. Yeah, with that's that right. Analogy. Um, yeah, because one would expect that the German professor would not have set up a Twitter account for the hamster for Mister Gox if the um, model that they were running and the experiment wasn't successful. We just would never have heard about it. No, I suppose. Um, but it, is, but it is rather funny because, look, there are a lot of investment professionals that are paid a lot of money yes. for their um, forecasting ability and their ability to dart and dive in and out of stocks or currencies and, you know, pick up these, um, you know, um, these fractional returns that us lay people can't achieve. But the fact is long term, it's incredibly difficult to do so. And one is better to actually focus on the power of the markets mm. and have an evidence-based approach. And so, you know, the way we deploy capital, you know, we have a very rigid science-based approach on how we allocate capital because, you know, we don't believe that things should be done on gut emotion or, dare I say it, on a hamster choosing which tunnel they yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it true, um, mm. or am I just making a supposition here, that to make a big time in the markets that we're going to be talking about today, yeah. that you've got to invest big time, even if you, even if the percentage is, say, 1 or 2 or 3 or 5%, if you invest a lot of money and you're getting 5% on a lot of money, that's a lot of money that you're getting back, isn't it? I mean, can Ma and Pa ever hope to, to make money like the Gox make money or not? <laughs> um, yeah, they can because, look, um, and it's like, you know, the um, seventh wonder of the world, what do they talk about? It's compound interest. Yeah. And the fact is that if people start when they're young or they just start at all at mm. any time, just get started, if you start investing and you compound the growth, the results at the end of the day are always more than people ever thought. Yeah. I mean, like, like, like th- think about it. If you, let's use an analogy that's close to home, Ken, and one that you've asked me about and we bring up each time. You think about if you'd had a residential house and, you know, you'd bought it, you know, 30 years ago at, you know, $75,000 and today it's worth a million dollars. Now let's ignore all of the holding costs and the insurance and the repairs and maintenance and all those weekends you'd had to go yeah. around and deal with nasty tenants and all that sort of stuff. And leaking hot sun in the cupboards and all that rubbish. But imagine that if you just ignore it and just say, you think about what the compound growth is. Mm. People would never forecast. No, like if I'd say to you 30 years ago, do you think the house would be worth a million dollars? You'd be like, my God, I would never think that's going to happen. But the fact is it does. And it's like when people have an investment portfolio or their KiwiSaver. Like you know, when we launched all of our KiwiSaver funds in 2012, the average KiwiSaver balance across every investor on average in New Zealand was $6,600. Well, the figure today is about 34000 mm. You know, like it's, it's incredible, it incredible what the compound does. Yes. And that's a compound of the employee contributions, the employer contributions, the government tax credits, as in the a member credit, as, as it's called now, and, um, and, of course, the market growth. The numbers are phenomenal. Mm. And, and, and there are some people who are going to have KiwiSaver balances when they're 65 that are going to be well north of a million dollars, and they would never have known that was going to happen. But it's hard to believe. Because they just it? don't think that far ahead. No, and that's the trouble, isn't it? Yeah, yeah but so, so going back to your question, the, the, um, absolutely, you know, the, uh, the mum and dad can save in a diligent fashion a little bit regularly, and over the long term, great things can happen. 
but you have to get started. Yeah. And the whole kind of thing about, and that's the funny part about this kind of Mr. Gox the fairy little hamster, is the fact that it's a tongue in cheek. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a laugh mm. because it's the absolute polar opposite to what actually happens. And that is that you know investing requires discipline. It requires science. And as you correctly pointed out, you'll hear about stories about people winning big and not having to do much work mm. for it. But on the other side, you never hear about the people who speculated and lost big time. Speaking of speculating, um, we've talked about cryptocurrency many times on this program over the years. And is cryptocurrency still the maverick in the bunch that this is sort of you just don't um, know what you're going to get, but it could be fabulous and the next day it could be up? Absolutely. It's, it's incredibly volatile. Yeah. Um, because one must remember that, you know, so if you think about from a pure investment viewpoint, it generates no return. Mm. Okay, it's it's a means of exchange. It doesn't give you a dividend. It doesn't give you an interest payment. Um, there's nothing. There's nothing organic behind it. So like, let's say if you and I went and bought a, I don't know, a derivative in the form of the right to buy a barrel of oil in a year's time. Well, at least in a year's time, you can take the barrel of oil. Mm. You know, there's an underlying commodity linked to it. Whereas with the cryptocurrency, there's not. And you know, I, I, I read some read some reports recently that you know you and I we hear about these probably you know you know if I rattled through a list of cryptocurrency you could probably identify maybe yeah. 10 or 12 that you've heard about but there's apparently some 80,000 wow. that have been developed most fail because um, they're not linked to any there's no good backing them um, what is well just explain maybe for people yes. who are a bit like me think well wow, what's what you talking about what is cryptocurrency i mean can we can we use cryptocurrency to go to countdown and pay for our groceries is it well there are well there are some retailers that accept um, that are prepared to accept as a means of exchange of cryptocurrency that is true mm. um, but what's happened of late and um, it was interesting i um, I was reading it a couple of days ago and that was there was um, the Reserve Bank of New Zealand has talked about the fact that they will explore a digital currency. And it's really interesting because if that was to happen and you had, and I'm not saying New Zealand, we are an OECD country, so we're you know part of the developed world, albeit very, very small. Mm. But even if a country like ours developed a digital currency, what happened, it, it, it legitimises blockchain. Mm. It legitimises a digital currency but it doesn't legitimise Dogcoin, Ethereum, and Co. Mm. and Bitcoin. So what may happen in the future, and there are some futurists who are forecasting that um, these experimental first wave uh, cryptocurrencies are the start of what will happen, and they will be eventually there will be state-sponsored, central bank-sponsored um, cryptocurrencies, which will be sponsored by the host nation. And at that point, it would be difficult to see many of the others surviving. Yeah. So it would be as good as money in the bank? A state-sponsored digital currency yeah. would be, yeah. yeah. Be, so instead of you and I turning up with a Rutherford, you know, the $100 note, yeah. um, we would we would exchange digitally by hosting a digital Rutherford. What do you think about crypto? I mean, is it the investment of the moment? No, I wouldn't say so. It's... Um, I think in New Zealand, the investment at the moment, you know, most people are so, just still so heavily focused on residential housing. Can you believe that? Yeah. I mean, you know, they are. Yeah. And, um, but in terms of the mainstream, I think most people are focused on KiwiSaver. KiwiSaver is, you know, when you talk to people about KiwiSaver, 
sorry, let's go back a step. Residential housing, there are haves and have-nots. Mm. Everyone has aspirations, but not everyone can now own. Mm. Whereas KiwiSaver, fully democratised. Everyone yep. can have KiwiSaver. Yep. Um, someone with a million dollars through to someone with a hundred dollars, you can have KiwiSaver. Whereas housing, the answer is no. Um, it's a little bit like, you know, everyone would like to own a Goldie on their wall. Yeah, absolutely. Or a Lindau, but they can't. No. Uh, because the it's an aspirational type alternative investment. Um, cryptocurrency, yeah, th- there's evidence that a lot of the younger generation are enjoying kind of speculating with mm. it. They talk about it. They transact with it. Um, but I can remember when I was um, at school in the 1980s, lots of people, lots of little kids that I remember, we, we all owned shares. Yeah, yeah. It's um, well, that was a fad. I mean, I also owned a box of marbles as well. <laughs> <laughs> a, box of share, right. a box of share certificates yeah. full of um, IEP, yeah. Chase, Omnicorp. You can't, That's you, right. you can't play with those as a no. kid. Whereas a box of marbles had some value. Is crypto the best return on investment? If you're looking for um, a high return on investment, would you, is that the way you might be looking? Uh, certainly, I wouldn't. No, you um, wouldn't. But, but, um, it's, but look, there are some people that have chosen to blend the kind of entertainment and investment together and mm-hmm. that's perhaps where they're looking whereas you know i would say to people focus on things where you've got good term good long-term yeah. da- a good long-term data series and something that's proven so for example you know if you you know invested in a broad index fund mm-hmm. well you get diversification the yeah. index isn't going away you get a you get a distribution in the form of the underlying dividends you can transact at a moment's notice Whereas on some of the alternative a- assets, such as, say, cryptocurrency, you know, the transaction piece can be difficult. What about crypto as part of a, of a diversified investment? Would you recommend that? So if someone comes in to see and says, okay, I want to diversify, Nick, um, I want a bit of retail, I want a bit of, um, <laughs> want a bit of property, I want a bit of uh, shares, and I want a bit of crypto too. Um, they wouldn't. They wouldn't transact. They wouldn't transact that through us. We've uh, we ha- we have uh, no appetite to advise people on uh, on cryptocurrency. Yeah. To, to be frank, I just look. I look at it, and when I kind of walk through it back, when I walk back through it with people, and I explain to them, you know, that you know, a very very high proportion of say, if we look at Bitcoin, a very high proportion of Bitcoin transacted is for um, uh, weapons transactions. Mm. Um, um, the sex trade, drug trade, like it's like the modern day blood diamond. And on that basis, you know, there's a lot of people when they actually understand yep. about what's happening with it, it isn't this clean, green type, new edge innovation because it's actually become the mainstream for um, some of the darker side of society. And that's quite sad. And I talk about the green element, you know, at the moment, with the um, mining of cryptocurrency, um, you know, utilizes the it globally currently utilizes the power generation of the equivalent of Argentina. Mm. So, um, you know, the carbon emissions and the environmental aspect of of the crypto is it's, absolutely, it's terrible on that basis. Who's more interested in it? Is it grey hairs or is it young people? Is it a direct result of people sitting at home during lockdown, got nothing to do? And think, well, look at this. No, I think it's a, it's 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 the it's the younger generation. And but I would say, in terms of the kind of lockdown, you would see there's been more appetite for the online trading platforms for shares than there has been for crypto, and that's evidenced by things like you know um, 
local um, platforms such as Hatch, Sharesies, etc. You've seen a lot of people having a little bit of fun with yeah. that sort of stuff. Um, unfortunately, you know some of the behaviour we've seen in that, and you can see that some of the, you know, kind of rats and mice, penny dreadful stocks uh, on the exchange have been really, you know, have been heavily transacted on social media on that basis. You see it in the states. Um, it, I would hazard a guess that it doesn't display or doesn't bode well for investor behaviour long term mm. when there's that kind of, I don't know, unadulterated, um, what's well, almost like semi-gambling. Yeah. Well, it is gambling. It um, is. A lot of, you know, people don't know that they don't understand the fundamentals. Um, they're just following a um, something they've read or some type of meme. So it's, hey, it's, I get that it's entertaining, but there are some people where the quantum of capital and exposure um, becomes so large that it actually has a negative impact on their um, their um, personal their personal wellness, not just their financial mm. wellness. Did you ever think this would happen? El Salvador has adopted Bitcoin as legal tender. Is that something you thought see in your lifetime? Um, well, for um, we've seen some crazy things done in the past historically mm. that has happened. Um, this one is is slightly unusual, and it's put that particular state into a little bit of a scramble on how things are working, mm. and it's also a massive punt. Mm. Yes, um, because you know it's like an experiment, um, but you're not experimenting with a small pot of money; you're experimenting with the exchange and the and the mechanism of of transaction for a country. So um, if it goes right, and they prove to be successful and it works well, that's fine. But if it doesn't, they have to unwind a um, a fairly large problem. What could go wrong? The um, price of um, Bitcoin could decline. Mm. Um, the central bank finds that they're unable to manage um, they're unable to manage the economy. Just like you know, like when we want to take the uh, heat out of the economy here, we can increase interest rates. Um, when we want to um, stimulate the economy, we can decrease interest rates, etc. We can, you know, uh, we can expand or contract the money supply. Mm. That's quite difficult to do when you've um, when you no longer have a currency mm. and you're utilising someone else's. Just go and talk to someone in Greece yeah. about what it's like to have your economy collapse, but you're pegged or your you uh, or you, your currency doesn't exist. The drachma doesn't exist. Your 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 boots and all. With the euro, and you know, you know, Greece is a generation of lost GDP. Yeah. Sounds like a horror story. Yet New Zealand's first Bitcoin-only fund has been launched. What, yeah. do, you, what do you think about that? Um, On the strength well, of what you just said, look the um, the market the market is incredibly innovative, and if you know. If there was a fund that could um, sell, um, you know, bottled Hawke's Bay Aqua for Water and they could list it in the form of an ETF and there was an appetite, some fund manager would do it. Mm. Okay? Like, where there's yeah. an appetite, yeah. it'll be done. Sure. Um, it doesn't mean that it's a good thing. Yeah. And, and, for example, if we look, if I think back to around 2004, 2005, there were a lot of commodity funds that were launched. Now, a commodity fund... In essence, a, 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 a basket of commodities is an inflation hedge because you're going out and buying a basket of commodities with the expectation that it's going to rise. So in other words, you know, if I was to say, Ken, 
I think it's a really good idea that we put 20% of the capital of your portfolio into commodities. Well, in essence, it's, a, it's, it's an inflation play. Mm. Now, back in that kind of mid-2000 period, it was expected that inflation was going to ramp and a huge amount of commodity funds were launched. But imagine if, the, if, if in simple terms at the moment, um, our long-run inflation is typically around 3%. So if you take out, say, 1% for funds manager fees, etc., then you've got to pay a little bit of tax you're actually not even catching the inflation no. because you've got tax leakage and fees. But the fact is that for a period of time, those commodity funds, the market was delivering and creating all these new funds. It didn't mean it was a good thing. It was just that's what Joe Public desired at the time, and the market reacted yeah, gave automatically it and said, yep, yep, we'll go and build you some funds. It doesn't mean it's a good thing. Um, hey, it might be successful and people may go into it, but it may be like those commodity funds I spoke about, which, you know, Five or six years later, they were closing the funds down. Yeah. No doubt we will talk about that again. We're just about out of time, and yeah. uh, you've got an awesome song for us to finish up with from an awesome group. We Tell us about do. it. Yeah, so I was actually driving here today, and I was thinking just in terms of the market volatility over the last, well, market's been volatile for about the last four, about last four weeks. The New Zealand market's been volatile all the way back to the 6th of January this year. You know, we're mm. basically treading water this year. Um and I was listening to a song by a, a, a band that you and I are both fond of, Hunters and Collectors out of Australia, and there's a song called Blind Eye, and I'll just give you a couple of quotes from the lyrics. The yeah, It's like a poem. It's fabulous. So when success is on your, your mind, but the true direction is missing, and then it's like turn a blind eye to it all and let, sleep, and let sleeping dogs lie. So effectively at the moment, if the market's a little bit volatile, and let's say we're back to where we were, say, I don't know, a month ago, or two months ago, even three months ago, if you look at that and step back from the box and then look back at it and say, well, wow, you know, my return last year was 25%. Yeah, I've lost 5% this mm. month. Turn a blind eye, let sleeping dogs lie, and focus on the long term and don't focus on the noise. Well said, Nick. As always, my pleasure. You look after yourself. We'll talk the same time, same place next time. information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.